Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land. This is episode 221. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Steven. Steven, how we doing? Oh, wait. Oh, we are oh, we are getting on. a late start to this oh. because... I had 928 put, local. All right. Had to put the uh, had to put the studio back together after uh, it was in shambles uh, the last couple of days. So thanks, to um, Jimmy. <laughs> not Haslam, but well, he was just taking back what was rightfully his. So uh, you know, I knew that day was coming. I just didn't know when. But anyway, uh, we are here. We are doing it live on a Tuesday. Do it live. Even though you're not listening to it live, uh, and it is Tuesday night, and you know what that means. It's time mm-hmm. for another edition of Living Off the Land. So, 221 coming at you. Uh, and we've got the beer of the week. And I will say, this is a top-tier beer on the podcast. And you know that football season is around the corner when I bring this beer to the table. This will be Steve's first... Well, he's not drinking it, so it doesn't really matter. But this will be Steve's first experience with... The 73 Colts from Great Lakes Brewing Company, the uh, affectionately known as the Joe Thomas beer. It's Joe Thomas right on the can. Mm-hmm. Number Brown 73 can. himself. That's right. <sighs> Delicious as ever. It's, uh, it's just a really good beer. I really don't know what else to say. I mean, it's a Kolsch. Really like Kolsch. Uh, they are in Tall Boys now. I think they were last year as well, but I know when they first came out there in the twelve ounce cans. But uh, Tall Boys now for the seventy three Kolsch, and it is a great, great beer. Uh, I like it a lot, and uh, I'm really enjoying it tonight. And uh, just going to be short and sweet with this one. Shout out to Joe Thomas. Shout out to Great Lakes uh, Brewing Company, the OG brewery in Cleveland. And uh, this is going to get a 7.3 for me, huh? 7.3. Get it? Appropriate. <laughs> so that is uh, that is your beer of the week. You can get uh, 73 Kolsch in stores now. I got it at uh, Max Beverage, like always. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's how we're doing it tonight. 73 Coles from Great Lakes Brewing Company, 7.3 rating. Uh, let me see if I've got a... If you haven't been to the Brew Pub <laughs> in Ohio City for Great Lakes Brewing, you really ought to check it out. 2516 Market Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio, right across from the West Side Market, uh, right on that main drag where you've got also uh, Town Hall and Market Garden, among others. Let me get you a little uh, little info on the... Uh, 73 coal says it's available in August, but it is July 26th, and I got it today. So they could uh, have just said available from first day of training camp. Yeah, that's true. Well, technically, yeah, technically training camp doesn't start till the 30th, but players are reporting. Saturday. All right, here we go. A brew fit for an Ironman. Think you've earned this beer? Try playing 10,363 consecutive snaps. To thank Joe Thomas for his dedication to Cleveland on and off the gridiron, we huddled up with the man himself to brew this crisp, refreshing, refreshing, tailgate-worthy ale. 
The ABV for the 73 Kolsch is 5.7%, 20 IBUs. The hops, it use, they use uh, Sterling hops, two-row baseball, and rye malt. Uh, there's corn in this beer. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. Flavor is reliably crisp and smooth with, a con- with consecutive snaps of earthy hop aromas and subtle rye bitterness. Pairs with sausages, cheese curds, and tailgating. A favorite down in the Muni lot. Of course, it would have to go with cheese curds. Joe Thomas, of course, being from Wisconsin. Scanton. Perfect sense. Although, I am a little disappointed the beer is not 7.3% ABV. <laughs> I, 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 don't, would... I mean, I don't know if you can make a Colts that's 7.3% ABV. Mm. So, anyway, uh, if you can't find it, <clears throat> uh, wait a couple days, and uh, I'm surely you'll be able to find it all over uh, Northeast Ohio. Get you some 73 Kolsch as you're gearing up towards Brown season. And then uh, as we hopefully enjoy a great football uh, season this year, uh, this is a great beer to have along the way. So 73 Kolsch from Great Lakes Brewing Company. That is your beer of the week. And we move along right on to Better Know a Neighborhood. And uh, as we've said already, this is the opening of training camp this week. Dan, where is training camp? Uh, it is on uh, Lou Groza Boulevard in yes. correctly pronounced Berea. But mm-hmm. if you ever watch Sports Center or anything on ESPN, they always botch it and call it Berea. Oh my word! I seriously, I <laughs> crazy. But this is a Cleveland podcast, and we pronounce it the right way. Today we are going to Berea. That's right. Yes, and Berea is in southwest Cuyahoga County, uh, Olmstead Falls, bordering it on the west, Cleveland Hopkins International Airport and Brook Park immediately to the north, Middleburg Heights to the east, and Strongsville to the south. Uh, in terms of its street geography and its boundaries, it's the Ohio Turnpike mostly bounds it on the south. Uh, it kind of jags a lot on the on the west side it's a really weird border but pretty much anywhere to the west of route 252 again the airport and sheldon road on the north side and then it's another weird border in the east but mostly along eastland road is the uh, eastern boundary and berea is really quite a nice place as we said before the browns practice facility is there 76 lou grosa boulevard that's on the northeast side of town uh, that facility opened in, in 1991, and it was actually named the Cross Country Mortgage uh, Facility. Cross Country Mortgage last, Campus. Last year. Uh, is there a major sponsor of the Browns, of course? And it's a great place to hang out in July and August. Yeah. If you can get in there, yeah. If you can get in, which, I mean, there's not a lot of space. you got to make sure you get there early. Well, you need to get tickets to get in. They're free, but you need tickets. Ticket. Training camp is now a ticketed event. Like I said, they are free, but they always I, – I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if, if all of training camps are already, I mean, quote-unquote, sold out, even though they don't charge for it. Mm. You know, it is interesting that they don't charge for that. You know, I mean, it's good, I guess. I mean, if, if they did do a nominal charge for it, they'd probably just, like, donate to charity or something, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, you go a little bit south of there, you come across the Baldwin Wallace University campus. Baldwin Wallace uh, was originally founded in Aww, jackets in 1845. As um, it was actually there was Baldwin and then there was Wallace, and then they both came together in 1913. 
and it's been one campus ever since. It has about 3,500 undergraduates and about 600 graduate students at last check, and lots of uh, nice landmarks yep. on that campus. That's a very scenic campus, actually. Beautiful. Um, Right adjacent to it, uh, George Finney Stadium, which is uh, the main stadium on campus, is Berea Mid-Park High School, which was always an interesting thing, uh, particularly for your dad, because he was a graduate of Mid-Park High School, and it was maybe about, I think it was, what, maybe 12 years ago that Berea Mid-Park High School shut down, and they combined those two uh, schools. Uh, You had the Berea Braves, which were blue and red. You had the Mid-Park Meteors, which were brown and orange. And then they became the Berea Mid-Park Titans, which were blue and orange. So, yeah, I, I wonder about that whole thing. Like, if you were from one or the Sorry. other, do you really consider that to be your alma mater today? I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the high school is – the new high school is built on the site of the old Berea High School. So I guess that and, – and the old Mid-Park High School is now a middle school. So I guess mm-hmm. if, if you're – if you're a Berea person, you can kind of like uh, put that feather in your cap, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. <coughs> Again, that's. Um, right. But I mean, that would suck. I mean, imagine like, like for us, we're from Strongsville, right? Imagine if Strongsville and Brunswick merged and we had oh one high God. school. Oh my God! Oh, you, you're going to make me throw up. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you'd have a bunch. Oh. You'd have a bunch. Oh. Of, have a bu- <laughs> yeah. You couldn't say North Royalton or you know, somewhere else. Well, like, uh, Ber- Berea Mid Park rivals. I, I, I have to go to our rival. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, well, I guess I just. I mean, my dad always. I mean, my dad always t- says that when he was in high school and he was playing, uh, Berea Berea Mid Park was like Strongsville Brunswick when we were in high school. Yeah, I mean the two programs. I mean. All these schools used to be in the same conference back in the day, Pioneer, the old conference. Pioneer conference, before they just started, just decided to split small school, big school, and then eventually the small schools left to form the Southwest Conference and the big schools went to the Northeast Ohio Conference, which that later ended up splitting up too because people in Strongsville didn't want to have to keep chucking out the Menor and Hudson and all these other places that we were yep. going. But be that as it may, we continue on within the confines of Berea, and as we get to th- – Again, hugging the eastern boundary still, um, as we get a little bit south of the Baldwin Wallace campus, we get to the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds. At the Cuyahoga County Fair. That's actually almost well-timed. The Cuyahoga County Fair actually starts on August 8th. Uh, and then an all-time favorite at the at the, uh, the fairgrounds is uh, Oktoberfest in September. And that, yes, that is uh, Labor Day weekend every year. In fact, can't wait. You have three big events there. The Irish Fest, I think, is that this week? I think the Irish Fest is, is Could be. either a week or two before the the um, the Cuyahoga County Fair. Then you have the Cuyahoga County Fair. And then a couple of weeks after that, you have Berea Oktoberfest. So you really have three in a row. And before you get to all of that, uh, Memorial Day is the Berea's National Rib Cook-Off. So they always have really good events going on at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds, uh, particularly in that summer season. So we swing around a little bit further to the south. That's when you start to get in toward the, the Metro Parks Reservation. And r- just north of the southern border uh, is Baldwin Lake and Wallace Lake. This is a really nice park reservation uh, where you can swim, you can run, you can uh, hike out in the woods, you can do ride your bike, you can do pretty much anything you, you, you can imagine outside in that little area. And in fact, Baldwin Lake is a really good place for bird watching. One of the best in all of greater Cleveland, actually. 
So if you're into natural wildlife and bird watching, that's definitely a good place to go to do that. Baldwin Lake. Where's Baldwin Lake? Baldwin Lake is right next to Wallace Lake. Uh, Valley Parkway runs right in between the two. Okay. Baldwin Lake is the one on the east side of the, ro- the road, and Wallace Lake is on the west side. Where's Coe? Coe is actually, ooh, yeah, Coe Lake is just a little bit northeast of Baldwin Lake and is— Berea, the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah. Coe Lake Park, yeah, the American Legion is there. The Berea Historical Society is, is right on the north shore of Coe Lake. And kind of just like just north of these three lakes is where the downtown of Berea is. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have like a six or seven square block area where you have a bunch of cute little shops. Uh, La Crip Bakery and Cafe is there. Sweet Mango Thai Cuisine is there. Boss Chicken Beer, which is a microbrewery, is there. Uh, Mike's Bar and Grill is there, and there's there's a whole bunch of other places I can't even really see on here Mike's right now. Cornerstone. Cornerstone's a great place. Yeah, Mike's Bar. They call great it Mike's food. Bar and Grill, but yeah, Mike's Cornerstone is there. No, Cornerstone is a different place. Ah, I don't even see that on the map. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like literally like a stone's throw away. Hmm. Well, I'll take your This is in the area of Grand Street. Uh, Front Street, School Street, Seminary Street. If you're on any of those roads, that's that pretty much demarcates downtown in Berea. And then as you go out to the west side of town, like as you get past Valley Parkway, and you have some commercial plazas, and then it's kind of like a bar drag as you go along Bagley Road. Suds McGuire's Bar and Grill is out there. Tony K's Bar and Grill is out there. Um a little bit further east of there is Jojo Carloni's Italian Pizzeria. Uh, Maya Mexican Restaurant is out in this area along Bagley as well. Uh, plenty of good places to eat, plenty of good places to hang out uh, in that corridor as well. So so then when you talk about your main commercial districts, again, you have uh, that commercial area along Bagley. And then as you go further north back toward the Browns Practice Facility along Front Street, that's where you have a few other places to, to go to, and my map is, like, completely cutting out on me for some reason, so that's not good. So I guess I'll go talk about the residential areas. The residential areas kind of surround all of this in the northwest, the southwest, and in the east, the near east of town before you get to Baldwin-Wallace University. And there are some really nice areas, really nice real estate in Berea. Uh, it's a very desirable community Uh the Rocky River actually runs through it. That whole Metro Parks, I mentioned the Southern Metro Parks Reservation near Baldwin and Coe Lake and, and Wallace Lake, but that actually runs all the way north through south uh, through the city. And some of the houses that are up alongside uh, Grayton Road in the north and along Barrett Road in, in the central uh, literally just overlooked the Metro Parks and the Rocky River. It's uh, some really prime real estate there. Yeah, absolutely. How cool is it, too, by the way, that uh, not to go circle back to um, the Browns facility. How cool is it that the Browns uh, practice facility is essentially in a residential area? It is. Uh, That's pretty. I would have to think that that's pretty unusual for an NFL franchise. Yeah. 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 I mean, you see a lot of them. A lot of NFL franchises actually relocate now. Um, Yeah. I know that for the longest time that teams would actually go, like, to different states. Like, the Cowboys would go to, like, California. I think the Saints would practice in, like, Virginia or something. Yeah. Like, for training camp. For us, no, it's in our backyard. 
Yeah, and even which is awesome. And even the Steel, like a couple of nearby teams, the Steelers usually go yeah. to Latrobe, which yep. is quite a ways east of Pittsburgh. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they they go to Bethlehem, which is up in the Lehigh Valley, up to the north of Philadelphia. So it's not really local, but um, you know, here we just do it right here, and it, it's just it's great for the community. Years ago, the Browns were actually thinking about going down to Columbus area to do training camp, and <coughs> there was a lot of opposition to that uh, yep. after they were floating it out there, so they never did it. Nope. Nope. Thankfully, they didn't. Yeah. You do not. L- listen, I know it's just training camp. It's just practices, but Browns fans, we're scarred. You threaten to take anything out of our city when it, re- when it regards to our football team, we're going to throw a fit. Yeah. I mean, we had our team taken away from us. Right. Anything that even suggests even the least bit toward that just gives everybody the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And that that wasn't the case with, you know, taking the training camp to Columbus. They were just – the Browns were essentially trying to, um, you know, plant their flag in Columbus and, and make sure that everybody in the state of Ohio knows that Columbus is a Browns area, not a Bengals area. You so know, it's funny you mention that, and, and you know we're pretty much done with Berea at this point. I did want to mention Grindstone Tap House, the Hydrant Pumping Pump and Grill, and Dante's Pizzeria, which are right along Sheldon and uh, Front Street up in the north of the city. And I've had some people from Berea tell me that Dante's is fabulous pizza. They really? are actually four point seven star rated on Google. I have never been there, so I'm gonna have to get there one of these days. Yeah, and, we're gonna have to do that. Confirm that. Yeah. Uh, that's right at the corner of Sheldon and uh, Route 237 on the north end of the city. Hmm. But uh, that's Bria. You can wham that with the right hand. <laughs> and back to the point you were just making. Um, so Facebook has twice done this study where they go like on their platforms, who, which of the NFL teams most mentioned in, by county. Okay. across the country they did it in 2014 and then they did an update in 2018 and so the first time they did it columbus was actually not bengals territory and not browns territory what it was steelers territory oh god if you can believe Get the that. hell out of here yeah and not only that toledo was too. those freaks those two well toledo i did <laughs> <laughs> you can never Toledo. You can Toledo is in Michigan, as far as I'm concerned. They can have it, <laughs> worthless wasteland. Um, but Colum- I mean, God, those but toothless inbreds. The good, the good news is, is Pittsburgh. that when they went back over it in 2018, Columbus <clears throat> and Toledo were both, and much of the surrounding area in both cities, were both Browns territory. Hmm. And the, the Steelers, which had a whole bunch of counties, not only in those two areas, but also on the east of the state, their territory was kind of getting influenced upon by that point. I wonder if uh, Columbus having a lot of Steeler fans in it has anything to do with the fact that their soccer team has the same color scheme as the Steelers. Which, by the way— That's an interesting take. When there. the Haslams bought the Columbus crew, I thought the first—and I'm going to get crap for people who are— Crew fans that listen to this podcast, I know there are a few. I know for a fact. Glory to Columbus. 
I thought that the Haslam should have changed the team colors as soon as they bought the team. <laughs> How could you own the Cleveland Browns and then own another team in another sport that has the same colors as your direct rivals? I'm sure they considered it, and true fans now, are just now, like, listen, no. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, but but I, I listen, I'm not saying that they should have changed the colors to brown and orange because brown and orange on a soccer uniform is probably absolutely hideous, but... It should have changed somewhat. I mean, change it to, and I know there's a few teams in the MLS that have these colors, so maybe maybe this wouldn't be a good idea, but change it to the same color scheme as your other professional team in the city, red, white, and blue, the Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. or something like that. But I know the New England Revolution are like that. Uh, isn't the Chicago Fire, I believe? Chicago is also, Fire is, yeah. Yeah, there's a few teams in it. So I guess... The, FC Dallas listen, also. There wasn't another team with the same color scheme as the Columbus Crew until... Nashville SC uh, came into effect. Now they're yellow and like a dark navy blue. They're not black, but close if, enough. If those two teams played each other, it would look like an inner squad scrimmage. You would have to have them wear the the different uniforms, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be. Int- I'd like to see Meta, which is now Facebook's now Meta, with you know, which includes Instagram, which includes WhatsApp. It's it still would be. Facebook. It would be interesting to see. If they did this again in 2022, what the uh, situation would be, I would project that the Bengals would probably be picking up a bunch more counties in the south and the west of the state, more so than what they had before. Pretty much they were kind of infringed from like anywhere, pretty much from Dayton, Wilmington area, down towards Cincinnati and into Kentucky. They didn't really have much other territory inside Ohio at the time yeah. uh, four years ago, but they're, they're probably riding a little bit of a high right now if I had to guess. The Steelers, on the other hand, are not. Their territory is probably still contracting. In fact, I'd even be willing to bet that the Warren-Youngstown area, which was solid Steeler territory years ago, is probably now back to being 50-50 territory between Browns and Steelers. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that leads us right into our AFC North Whoa, discussion. whoa, whoa. First of all, somebody teased a little announcement on social media yesterday. Oh, wait. And it wasn't me. Oh. Was it me? Oh, I guess it was me. Okay, I got to talk about myself. Unless you have Alzheimer's. Yeah, it was you. No, no, okay. So, as I had written on Instagram and Facebook yesterday, um, for the last two years, I have been working at Fisher Titus Medical Center in Norwalk, Ohio. And so, my time there has come and gone. And I was approached by about a month ago, well, actually two months ago, by a very prominent employer in the CLE. And they gave me an offer that basically I couldn't refuse. It was, it was a great situation. So effective this week, I am now employed by Metro Health Medical Center. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm going to be a category manager and contract specialist for Metro Health. I don't know what that means, but okay. Eh, A lot of strategic purchasing and negotiating and stuff like that. Um, Providing more or less the clinical items and support for the um, people who do the actual work. So I will just mention Metro Health Medical Center has four main 
uh, medical buildings in Cuyahoga County, and then they have about 12 other satellite offices. Their main campus, of course, is right in downtown Cleveland, right by I-71 and West 25th Street in the Clark Fulton neighborhood. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Fisher. Boom, roasted. <laughs> On to bigger and better. Yeah, I mean, this is the equivalent of getting called up from the Rubber Ducks to the Guardians, uh, to be honest. I mean, not to take anything away from Fisher Titus. They provide very good service in a rural community. Uh, but this is just. But you wanted to get this you, is a yeah. much bigger scale, honestly. That and you're not driving out to Norwalk every day. With the price of gas. I mean, that wasn't a big deal in 2020 when I started there, but that became a very big deal this year. Yeah. Uh, gas was more Especially than the last few months. What it was then. Yeah. Yeah. It, in just every way, this this is going to work out. This this really is good. It's good for me. It's good for Arendt. It's good for Scarlett. It's good for pretty much everybody involved. And uh, so, yeah, but here's something I need to point out. So Metro Health is building a new hospital building. It is a gleaming, shiny, new glass exterior building that if you ever go, if you've driven past the, the Metro Health curve on 71 anytime recently, you've seen this building going up. It's called the Glick Center. And it's going to be, and it's going, nice. And it's going to be opening on October 15th. So, Dan, I have to pose this question to you. Hmm. What is going to happen first? The Glick Center at Metro Health Medical Center opens for business, or Deshaun Watson plays a game for the Browns? October 15th? October 15th. So this means if he's suspended for more than six games, the Glick Center will open first. If he's suspended for less than six, he'll play in a game first. I think it's going to be six, so I think – does that push? So, so the, the Glick Center will open first then because it will be October 23rd will be his first game. Okay, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to be less than six, so we'll say that. That should definitely be the poll that we should post online, which one of these events will happen first. Well, I would let you do that, but you don't have a stinking Twitter account. Oh, man. Well, there you go. Get a Twitter. Oh, boy. You mean I got to deal with these people who are going to vomit on themselves every Sunday? Like, oh, boy. I got the heebie-jeebies Listen, even thinking about that. If you're going to host a podcast and, and we're going to we're gonna continue doing the Browns postgame shows this season, get your ass on Twitter. It's a bona fide occupational qualification. That's right. Okay. Get your ass on Twitter. It's a BFOQ. <coughs> All right, the legal department. No longer shall you be known as hashtag Twitterless Steve. The legal, de- the LTL legal department is laying it down. All right. That's right. What, happen. what, what's your Twitter handle going to be? At. That should be that should be put forth to the LTL. DJ Stiffy Stiff. Yeah. Who? <laughs> what should my what should my Twitter handle be? Tweet at us at the LOTL podcast. I may I mean, just I may just pick the best one or the one I like best. Yeah, I mean it could it could be something as simple as uh, uh, LOTL stiff, you know, maybe could be something like that. It could be something uh, witty. Mm. I don't know. Witty at Ramama bees, you know. At I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Matt Steiger will love that one. At sassy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, all these inside jokes, man. We got to get Matt on for an episode. <laughs> At Rama Ma Bees. 
<laughs> That's a good uh, one, folks. Nobody nobody knows what that means outside of uh, one Matt Steigerwald. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Steve needs a Twitter handle. We need you guys to help us uh, and let us know what it should be. And, yeah, because uh, I'm sick and tired of getting the questions of uh, when Steve going to get a Twitter account. So, <laughs> it's happened from multiple people multiple times. Taco Paul. <clears throat> I was just going to say his name. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, all right. So, speaking of Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, we, as Steve said uh, in that uh, – as he inferred in that uh, question posed to me. We still don't know how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. Sorry. <laughs> Stop hitting the table. Yeah, man. I know. I usually yell at you for that. Uh, I am at my wits end with this thing because I, I, just, I just need to know what it is. At this point, I just need to know so I can move on and we can all get over it. Um, what's it going to be? Is it going to be four? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be eight? All the reporting has said it's not going to be a whole year, which is supposedly, air quotes, what the NFL wants. BS. Um, the latest projection was two to eight, which is Two like, to eight from Mike Florio. I, I mean, imagine this. Like, the weatherman comes on. It's January. The weatherman comes on and says, we're going to have two to eight inches of snow today. Right. Like, <laughs> one is, like, not a problem at all, and the other is like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be almost shutting everything down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it could come at any day now. Uh, most of the projections uh, mentioned this week and the beginning part of this week, as it was two weeks after uh, Judge Sue Robinson had been given all of the information that she is going to get to formulate an opinion on any sort of discipline. It still could be zero. I mean, we don't know. I'm assuming it's not going to be zero, but it could be. Um, I, I'm thinking six games. I think I've said it for the last couple of weeks. I think your brother is right on the money, four to six. Could I see four? Yeah. I would be plenty happy if it was four. Do I think it's going to be six? Probably. If it gets up to eight, will I start getting a little bit frustrated? Yes. Um, but ultimately, you know, somewhat, you know, he put himself in this situation. So we're not going to rehash all the legalities and all the, you know, the, the, the details of what's going on and, you know, all that stuff. We've talked that to death. Um, what I want to do is, and this is going to be kind of tough because we don't know how much Deshaun Watson is going to be playing, is tonight I want to go around the AFC North and I want to kind of take a look at where the Browns stand as far as the division hierarchy because we have two teams that are perennial winners in this division and we have two teams that really are perennial losers, but one of those perennial losers went to the Super Bowl last year. So this division is in flux. As NBC Sunday Night Football so eloquently put it in their graphics last year, the Ravens and the Steelers are the Kings, the Bengals are the Knight, and the Browns are the Court Jester. Okay. Shut up. Nine nothing a nothing eloquent about that. Nine AFC North titles since 2002 for the Steelers, six for the Ravens, five for the Bengals, and zero. Oh, it hurts to say that for the Browns. Does it? Because you sound like you're gleeful when you're saying that. Do I sound gleeful with this tone of voice? I, I, well, you changed I, after I called you out. I don't know. 
have to play hear, hear that on playback. Um, anyway. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting because you got the Pittsburgh Steelers who have the culture in place to where if you just look at their team, it starts and ends with the quarterback, right? Ben Roethlisberger's retired. They mm-hmm. drafted baby hands Kenny Pickett in the first round of the draft, and there are reports out there in Pittsburgh that he may be inactive when they start the season. I don't think that really matters a whole heck of a lot, at least not in the short term. <coughs> well, not if well, they're in a situation where they have to play Kenny Pickett, they're in big trouble. Well, if you're a Steeler fan and you see, and and you took a quarterback in the first round and you and he's going to be inactive, that raises some red flags, no? I mean, maybe, but I mean, you're not drafting these guys for just this year. You're you're certainly not a quarterback. I mean, you're drafting them ideally for the next 5, 10, 15 years. <sighs> That's true, but you're essentially and again, this might not come to pass. This is just uh, report, a rumor, or whatever. Yeah. Your first round pick is not going to play. Oh, people will say, well, the Browns don't have a first round pick. Uh, yeah, his name is Deshaun Watson. That's who you traded your first round picks for. That's one way to look at it. I guess what I've been dancing around is well, I, we want to talk AFC North. Let's talk Mitchell Trubisky. This guy, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the whole NFL. And quite frankly, I think if you are expecting Pittsburgh to just go away, they don't just go away. They always, at the very least, are 500, even in the worst of seasons, it seems. Well, Mike Tomlin's never been below 500 as a coach, and he's I been just, their coach. In a, he's now in his 15th year. You know, it, it's just, you know, but they're, that they're going to be in this mix the whole way. I, I don't see any other way. But I don't think that's going to be because of Mitch Trubisky. Mm. I think that's going to be because of everything around him. Where are the Steelers truly elite? I mean, they're not really truly elite at any position group. They just, uh, just kind of go, you know? I would say their defensive line. They probably have one of the best defensive lines in football. Uh, they have Cam, a legit superstar in there. Cam so Hayward, JJ or uh, TJ Watt. Uh, their, their pass rusher on the opposite side, Alex Highsmith, is an emerging player. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. It's just the culture with them. Like you, you're right. I mean, they really don't have an elite position group. Their receivers are pretty good. They're pretty good at tight end. Their O line's a question mark. Uh, they're pretty good at running back now at Najee Harris. Secondary is definitely questionable. Secondary, yeah. Um, linebackers for the Steelers are usually very good, but that's also questionable. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to rely – again, they're going to have to rely on their culture, and they're going to have to rely on, you know, Mike Tomlin motivating the team. And he's done a pretty damn good job. I mean, I hate to give anything Steelers-related credit, but he's done a pretty good job. I mean, in just about any other situation, I'd look at this team and I'd say, well, you know, they could be bottom of the division, but I, I can't make that call. They just – they never are. You know, it, yeah. it's the opposite with – I mean, you'd have to think eventually at some point they would have to be, but – I mean, the only reason why is because the division is so damn good. If if we're in a bad division, the Steelers probably could, you know, make an argument that they should be division favorites if they were in a bad division. Like if they were, if if, if the Steelers were in the NFC East, 
they'd have a puncher's chance of winning the division. Oh, and more than that, I think. Depends on how you feel about Dallas because they're arguably the best team in that well, it, it, group. Talented, yes. I mean, anytime you anytime you're physical and punch Dallas in the mouth, they they tend to uh, falter. I mean, so. the the Commanders and the Giants are terrible. The Eagles are. I mean, they're okay, I suppose. They made the playoffs last year. But Eagles I mean, Eagles can be pretty good this year. It all depends on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That's where it's going to depend on. But like the Steelers, I I don't I look at them with the, the Eagles. I don't think the Steelers are match up any worse than they do. Um, I yeah. I would put them behind Dallas, but you know I mean who knows? Not significantly far to the point where they couldn't finish ahead of Dallas. But it, you bring up a good point. the The worst team in the AFC North is probably going to be either seven and ten or eight and nine. You know you're not yeah. going to have a team go three and fourteen or four and thirteen in this group. Yeah. You know. And that I that could literally be any team. Listen, the Baltimore Ravens were dead last in the AFC, uh, in the AFC North last year. At eight and nine, yes, they yeah. were tied with the Browns. I actually had to think about that for a second, but yes, they they were because they they lost out third place to the Browns on the Browns break. just had the tie break, right? Which actually kind of sucks for scheduling purposes for this year, but because we get the number three schedule, uh, yeah, the number four schedule, yeah, yeah, so. Uh, and then you just, I mean, you talk about coaching culture. You move right along to the, over to the Ravens. And, I, I mean. This is the team that I think is most divisive amongst the, our group text group. Um, They're very much an enigma. More so in the fact that if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I mean. They're going to be pretty good. That's the whole ball game right there. They were eight and three before he got injured. Yeah, last he got year. injured against the Browns, and, and they lost the rest of their they games. They had a host of of other injuries leading up to that point, and somehow they were they were patching it together. And, and Lamar Jackson was balling out, but once they lost him, and <laughs> the Browns were the ones that knocked him out. You know, it just completely on it just the, the the house of cards just completely fell in. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's how they built their team. I mean, they, they <laughs> Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. Point blank. And, I mean, for him, you know, he's got a big contract negotiation coming up. I mean, <laughs> all he's got to do is pull up their results from last season and be like, hey, when I played, we were 8-3. and three, We were the best team in the division. When I was out, you guys didn't even win a game. Didn't win a game. I didn't hope you win a game. Yeah, exactly. So, my thing with the Ravens is I don't, I don't think Lamar Jackson can beat you throwing the football. So that's where they run into issues in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson has been terrible in the playoffs in his career. Unless if he has to go to the locker room to poop right before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the Ravens, you know, they're going to be getting a lot of guys back. They, the Ravens had a historical rash of training camp injuries. They lost three running backs to season-ending injuries in training camp last year. That's unbelievable. That's that's very Browns like. Even the Browns haven't had to deal with that. They also position group. they also lost probably their best defensive player in training camp in Marlon Humphrey. He's back, so they're gonna be getting a lot of guys back. Um, I hate the Ravens. So do I. The Ratbirds. I hate them almost as much as I hate the Steelers. I know you probably hate them more than the Steelers. I do, but. Uh, with that being said, um, if I had to pick a team, I, I, I'd say Baltimore is the favorite to win the division. I just think with all the guys, really, yes, with all the guys coming back and with Lamar Jackson in a contract year, I think they are really well. And the luck pendulum 
which was so heavily toward Cincinnati last year and not toward Cleveland or especially Baltimore, I, I just feel like that's going to that's gonna swing, if not the other direction, at least back to the middle this year. And okay. Baltimore is just – they're going to pick up two games, maybe three, just because of that, I feel like. So you think because of – I mean, they were headed for a division title and maybe a bye even before Lamar Jackson went out. Now, Possibly. again, again, that could – I mean, that happens. You know, that just straight up happens to teams. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see it happening two years in a row. So let's move on then to the team that you just mentioned that was getting the lion's share of the luck, which yes. was the Cincinnati Bengals. Which, full disclosure, I mean, they still got it done in crunch time when they had to. You know, oh, very much so. Games in the playoffs, especially the one they pulled out in Kansas City when they were down eighteen. But like, oh, you mean where the where the where the Chiefs just threw up all over the field? Oh, in, yeah. in the AFC Championship oh, game. Oh, they sure did. Patrick Mahomes didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, it just goes to show you it even happens to the best of players sometimes in those pressure moments. Yeah, I mean it's happened to Patrick Mahomes the last two years. I mean in Super Bowl two years ago against the Tampa Bay Bucks, he was horrible. Didn't help when he didn't have anybody blocking for him. And that this is all that—that that is also true. That is a—that is a nice piece of context there. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the Cincinnati Bengals. We've got the news today that uh, Joe Burrow uh, emergency appendectomy today for appendicitis. Got his appendix taken out. I, I have no idea how long that means he's going to be out. I, they, Probably not long. I mean, he—I don't think he'll miss any significant time. But at the same time, you know, when I mentioned, let's mentioned just. About, about the luck pendulum, yeah, that's an early sign that hey, maybe maybe karma's well, not going to be on. Since yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to miss any regular season time. You know, he might miss a couple weeks of training camp, yeah. but you know, that's that's not nothing. I mean, they do these training camp practices for a reason. You have to ramp up for an NFL season, and he's not like a five or ten year veteran either. You know, he this is he's just entering yeah. his third season, and he's also a guy that. He's had his injury problems during his NFL career. I worry right now a little bit with this guy that people and the media are, and you know the the Madden QB rankings. Oh, everybody came out says the, other day, the next Tom Brady, and, and and he was ranked fifth. He was like ranked ahead of Justin Herbert, ahead of Dak Prescott, and a lot of these other really good players. Oh, I would have him ahead of those they, two guys. They are hyping. Oh, well, that's a whole other discussion, but. They are hyping this guy up like it's none other, and I just. Joe Burrow's been to I a Super Bowl. Justin if, Herbert like, hasn't been to the playoffs. If he gets to the point where he's just reading his press clippings and the like, and the, to a lesser extent the Bengals as a team, it's a recipe for disaster. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not nearly as optimistic about Cincinnati as I am about Baltimore. And oh, I'm not. I'm not as I'm not optimistic about Cincinnati either. Or Pittsburgh, actually, which is odd. They, I think the Bengals have more talent. They, uh, well, I think they have more offensive firepower. I think the. I think the Bengals it's it's tough to it's tough to you know their defense is really what got them to the Super Bowl. But I don't I don't really think their defense is very good. It's not Trey Hendrickson is good. It's kind of eh. Yeah. Their their uh Pro Bowl safety uh Jesse Bates is not reporting to camp because the Bengals won't give him a long-term contract that he desires, so that's hanging over their head. I Listen, I'm not here to disperse Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a really good quarterback. There are people in the national media 
that are legitimately trying to say that he's the next Tom Brady. And that's that's absurd. That's obnoxious. Absurd. Ridiculous. That is absolutely obnoxious. So I'm with you. I'm not as high in the Bengals as as a lot of people are. Um, so we'll see what happens. And what this is telling me is even though there's not a quote-unquote bad team in this division – this division is 100% up for grabs. It is. 100. You could see any one of these teams winning the division. I guess Pittsburgh's probably on the low end of that. They're the longest shot according to Vegas, but even they're only like 15 to 1. So. But you could also see any one of these teams finishing last in the division. Yeah. A la the Baltimore Ravens last year. Right. Nobody thought most Baltimore people was have be last most people have Baltimore ago. as the odds on favorite to win the division and they finished last last year. Yeah. It just goes to show you that you can only overcome so much. Now, this brings me to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Here we go again. How do we go through the Bengals and not even mention Jamar Chase's name? Interesting. <laughs> that might be the way you just, uh, you know, the Bengals offense, how do you shut it down? We'll just double-team Jamar Chase and just throw a bunch of guys in the middle. Of the well, here's the, the thing. We have, we have the, uh, you know— we have the Jamar Chase uh, Wrangler in Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward. Jamar Chase has not had a big game against the Browns where where uh, Denzel Ward has has uh, guarded him. So, you know, that's not to say Jamar Chase is not all world. He is. He's all. I world. remember when when the Browns just crushed the Bengals in their first game last year, and I was like, "Who's during the game?" I was like, "Who's Jamar Chase?" Like everybody was talking about Jamar Chase, this Jamar Chase, that in the weeks leading up to it. He did absolutely nothing in that game. I was just like, how is it? You know, it's almost like with Joe Burrow. Like, how are these guys getting the massive publicity they are? And it wasn't until the postseason that I realized, oh, you know what? These guys actually are pretty good. Because, again, the Browns beat the Bengals both times they played them last year. Listen, listen you saying you saying who Jamar, who is Jamar Chase is absolutely absurd. I don't think I'd even heard of the guy until, like, week seven. Well, that's because you obviously don't pay attention. You can become very biased very easily when stars on the other teams don't play well against your own team, and then you just sort of think, oh, well, you know, if that's your worldview, then it's very corrupted if you don't watch them every week. Well, it also says that you obviously never watched college football over the last few years. Honestly, I didn't watch much college football in 2018 or 2019, or and I watched absolutely zero in 2020. Well, there so. you go. Well, there was really no college football to watch in 2020. But, uh, yeah, so that brings me to the Cleveland Browns, and this is all I got to say. If Deshaun Watson has a suspension of six or less games, the Browns are winning the AFC North. So, if, it, if, his so suspension, if his suspension is only four games. Look at the schedule. That means that they Whether only they play to, one halfway good team in the first month, and that's Pittsburgh. Whether they have Deshaun Watson or not, the Cleveland Browns better be three and one after the first month of the season. If they beat Pittsburgh, they probably will be three and one. Because I'm sorry, they're not beating Carolina in Week One. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, check, check on that one. That's probably yeah, that's true. I mean, until they win an opener, you cannot <laughs> pick them an opener. No, not with Baker Mayfield lining up against the no. <laughs> 
But give them three one or at worst two and two. Even if they start two and two without Watson, they're still in halfway decent shape. You know, they don't play really. The schedule gets harder in October, but if Watson's coming back game five against was it the Chargers? I think or is it the Patriots? Those are those are the first two games. Chargers, I believe. Yeah, and both of those games are at home, which theoretically should help. So, I think the only road game the Browns play in October is or game five through eight. I think is when they play at Baltimore in week seven. Uh, so here's the Browns' schedule. At Panthers, as we mentioned, home yeah. against Jets. I don't care who plays quarterback for us. They're I don't like, care that game. who's playing QB. Home against Steelers. I think it's important to note that if Deshaun Watson is suspended, it is important that that is our home game against Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, which I know you love Mitchell Trubisky, but and I would I would give the advantage to Mitchell Trubisky in that matchup against Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, I hope the other guys right. you know come through. Uh, at Atlanta. Yeah, that should be a win regardless. And then, like you said, this is this is probably the toughest stretch of the entire season. Home against Chargers, home against Patriots, at Ravens, home against Bengals, which is a Monday night game on Halloween. I would say as far as a four-game stretch goes, they, I mean, there's no easy wins in there, so I have to agree with that. I mean, the two I feel like the two hardest games they play all season are after that, at Buffalo and home against Tampa Bay. Well, you forgot the the game in Miami. That's a that should be a win. We if play, you're, you're going to be contending, you got to beat them. We have the bye week after the Bengals game on on Halloween, and then we play at Miami November thirteenth. Then we're at the Bills November twentieth, and then November, uh, Thanksgiving weekend we are home to the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And then we've got Houston, Bengals, Ravens again, Saints, Commandos, and Steelers. And all those those out of conference or out of division games down the stretch, like Houston, Washington, and and um, New Orleans, those have pretty much all got to be wins too. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. So, and when we're gonna do more, we're gonna do more previews as we get into training camp, uh, and hopefully by next week, we know what the discipline is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Hopefully knock on wood there um but would you agree with this i think the no i I just want to say this i think the browns are one of the top five teams in the nfl if with deshaun watson because here's here's my thing here's my thing do you think the browns have a top five overall like take without the quarterback just everything without the quarterback do you think the browns have a top five roster in the nfl I think it's borderline top five. Top ten for sure. When you consider everything Angling outside towards of top QB, five. Yeah. When you consider the running backs, which is yeah. the best position group on the team. Yeah. When you consider the D line, when you consider I think we might have this best secondary in the NFL. Yeah, some of the guys we have in the secondary as well. I mean that seems like guys in the secondary get hurt on every team every year. But yeah. you know, those guys at that position group stays assuming, healthy. That listen, is yeah, be a right. Huge this is health. this is all assuming health. And again, Assuming health, which is a big assumption, the Browns are probably going to have one of the best offensive lines again. Again, assuming health. If Jack Conklin comes back healthy and Jed Wills uh, can stay healthy and can continue to develop. Yeah, I could. the O-line is interesting. They could go 
either way. I mean, you've got some real stalwarts in there that you just mentioned. You just, uh, we have the be- yeah, we have, the, we have the best guard combo but in the yet, NFL. Like, I don't know. There's still some holes there too. You know, it's like it's question marks. Yeah, so, I mean, very very easily we could. You know, if everything goes right with our tackles, we're going to have the best offensive line in football the, if everything goes right. The potential's there. But it's like, yeah, you know, when, when you look at this whole thing in, in totality, you know, because on our group text a few weeks ago, you said. Browns are going to win the division, and we had some other people in there, including myself, that actually had the Browns last. And Again, I don't even I feel think, like we're that far apart on the wins losses. Right, that's just You're the division. You're probably thinking ten and eleven. We're yeah. probably only thinking seven and eight, and both are very possible. It depends on Deshaun Watson and how many games he's going to play this season. If he's suspended for four games, I have almost no doubt that the Browns are going to win the division. No doubt, because for me. If he's playing and he's healthy, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. You may disagree so with by, that. I don't no, know. No, hang on. So by the uh, – obviously Madden's not going to rate it this way because he didn't play last year. But right. that I would think he, I think if you're putting him top five, that means you're putting him above Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, and Joe Burrow most likely. Uh, yes, yes, and – Probably yes. Assuming Brady, Mahomes, Allen, and Rodgers are your top four, which they may or may not be, but I'm, that's the consensus. Yeah, and maybe not four. not in that order, probably, but yeah. Yeah, I, that was in no particular order. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't – yes. Justin Herbert has done nothing in the NFL so far. Hasn't won. Baker not, Mayfield – Not entirely his fault, though. Baker Mayfield has done more in the NFL than uh, – that, that is true. He does have a dumbass of a head coach. But listen, uh, talent-wise, Justin Herbert. I mean, it, it, it's hard to find another quarterback that's more talented than he is. At least throwing the football. But I look at everything. I just I, I go back and I look at that 2020 season for Deshaun Watson in Houston, where he was probably playing on the worst team in the NFL, and he probably statistically had the best season of any quarterback in the NFL. Didn't even season. have anybody blocking for him. Either. Nobody blocking for him. And again, remember. 2020 was the year that, if I remember this correctly, that's the year that Houston traded DeAndre Hopkins. So he didn't even have DeAndre Hopkins. That's that year. right. DeAndre Hopkins was catching. Yeah, I, I think he had for, Brandon. I think he had Cardinals. Yeah, I think he had Brandon Cooks. Who, don't get me wrong, great receiver, but I mean, he's a little guy, and there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Or whatever, he's a good, good receiver. Hell, I'd take him on the Browns right now because. If there's any position group that I'm worried about more than anything else on the Browns, it's the receivers. Because Amari Cooper, yes, proven, but he's he's on a, he's on a new team now. Everything after that is totally unproven. Yeah, completely unproven. People want to say Donovan Peoples Jones, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. He's not proven. He was disappointing me a year ago, truthfully. Yeah, I mean, so, but I will say. Having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback will hopefully elevate everybody in that receiver room. The problem is they're just not proven. Which maybe that was the hype just talking because, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones was a six-round draft pick. Was he not? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. his second year in the league. Like, we're well, expecting that's the thing. him to be a top receiver. Like, right, that's, that's the thing. That's asking a lot. Uh, Browns fans, and I'm one of the biggest ones you'll ever find, uh, they love to overrate everything. That That's the Cleveland Browns. You know, I mean, we're heading into Kool Aid season. Listen, we talked course, our we, we listen. Do. We talked ourselves into Charlie Fry being a potential franchise quarterback. Well, that's because he went to Akron. Well, he's a local guy. True, but 
It was a reverse Braylon Edwards so anyway, situation. This is what I'm saying. I think if Deshaun Watson is suspended for six or less games, I think the Cleveland Browns are winning the division. And for me, if you have Deshaun Watson with the rest of this roster, all you got to do is get into the dance. Get into the, what do we what do we always what do people always say about uh you know any sort the, of playoff tournament. The NCAA, well, I mean, the NCAA tournament, the MLB playoffs, NHL, the NHL playoffs. NHL and, and uh, MLB, MLB specifically, just get me into the dance. Yep. You see upsets in baseball, hockey, and especially college basketball all the time. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the Bengals last year. Just get them into the dance. Yeah. What did they do? Even in the NFL it happens. And, and you know, the Bengals were a four seed. So were the Rams, actually. You know, so yeah. they so they were having to play multiple. Well, the Rams didn't have to play multiple games on the road because there was you know upsets happening on their side of the bracket. But yeah. as a four seed, you're usually having to play multiple games on the road to so, get to the Super Bowl. I'm interested in this because you didn't sound as convinced as I am about Deshaun Watson being a top five quarterback. Where would you put Deshaun Watson in the hierarchy of quarterbacks? I put him about tenth, like. Below Herbert. Below okay, so you so, so you announced the below. four. You announced the four. Yeah. So give me five through nine. Five through nine. So I have Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott for sure in there. Really? Uh, without a doubt, both of them. Uh, I got Russell Wilson in there. Uh, let's see here. Did that come? You know, Joe Burrow's in that mix. Derek Carr's in that mix. Okay, uh, you lost me. You really? lost me. Derek Carr? I mean, ahead of Deshaun Watson? Really? And if I'm being completely honest, maybe Baker Mayfield too. Okay. Okay. Just stop it. Just stop it. I'm a Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield. That's absurd. I'd even be willing to throw Jalen Hurts into that discussion too. Okay, based on the, all right. Based on the season he had a year ago. All right, ago. this. All right, this segment's over because I can't take this. We're gonna we're gonna throw down Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts. I'm being serious with you. The guy hasn't played in a year. I don't know if that form from 2020 is coming back. I don't know. This this experiment could fail spectacularly. I don't. We don't know. Listen, okay, if Deshaun Watson was 36 years old, I'd be with you. He's 26 years old. Guys miss seasons all the time. Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow was awesome his rookie year. He tore up his knee. I guess he didn't miss he missed that season. He didn't he was good going into that the next season. But he it was, was a tough situation for him to come back and actually be good the next year. Yes. But he was. I I don't and he and and Deshaun Watson wasn't out because of injury. He was out because of a dispute with the team. He's 26 years old. There's nothing physical that's going to be wrong with him. To one other guy out there I didn't mention, and that's Matthew Stafford, who was the see Matthew Stafford. I would give you the guy just won a damn Super Bowl, and he he played for the Detroit Lions for nine years. He took them to the playoffs. I. You lost me with with Carr and for God's sake! What's the hate on Derek Carr? He had a, he well, had there, a really good season last year. Didn't there's he? no hate. There's no hate. Just mm. Deshaun Watson is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Okay. I mean, you okay. So this gives me the perspective that you are expecting amazing things out of Deshaun Watson this year. If you're putting yes. him above, if if probably because you're putting top five, so that means you're putting him above Dak Prescott. You're putting him above yes. Matthew Stafford. Yes, I don't understand. And Derek Carr. I I don't think he's. I no. Ah uh-uh, no. I can't do it. I'd have to actually like see it again on the field before I can put him in front of those guys. I. Maybe that's like Listen. I'm not an old, I'm like not an old Clevelander, but like I guess I am a little bit old Clevelander on this one. I mean, the guy has never played anywhere close to the Mason Dixon line in his career. It worries that? me tremendously that he's going to be out the early part of the season. By the time we start with? playing some bigger games down the the schedule, it's going to be December. Is he even going to be able to play in cold weather? I mean. Maybe I'm sparking up the wrong tree on that one. But yeah, I don't know where you're going with that one. I mean, I, I think you've been reaching for the last five minutes. To be honest with you, hmm. like what, like what about what about Jalen Hurts makes you think he's even in the same stratosphere than Sean Watson? Mostly because the Eagles are putting up thirty plus points most games, like they were last year. The reason why they didn't have a better season was because their defense was terrible. I just okay. Last time Deshaun Watson played, he put up five thousand yards passing, thirty-five touchdowns, seven interceptions. I guess I feel that's invalidated somewhat because it wasn't last season. But guys miss seasons all the time, and they come back and they play really well. They they do. They can. They can. It's just I don't know. Maybe I view this a little bit differently than an injury situation. The fact that he was like just sitting on the sideline. Now maybe that's actually a benefit to him that he's not coming back from like a major uh, illness or injury situation. But man, I just wonder where the guy's head's at. Quite frankly, Jalen Hurts threw 16 touchdown passes and nine interceptions last year. I I'm sorry. He's just it's not even they. They don't even really play the same position. Honestly. You lost me there. And then the, I, I'm convinced the Baker Mayfield one, you're just trying to piss me off. Well, if you're going back to 2020, are you? I mean, you could say statistically Deshaun Watson had a better season than Baker Mayfield. But you have to figure also that the Texans were a team that were trailing in almost every game. Watson was throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game. Baker was protecting leads in a lot of the games. And the Browns, with their running backs, was, were running the ball a lot more than the Texans were. So you can't just go by statistics. Baker Mayfield had a fabulous season in 2020. Was he dumpy last year? Absolutely he was. To- at 100%. And we were trying to defend him on this podcast. You too. But Flacco, Of course I was. He, but he was I, not of, very good. Of course, I, of course I was. But I also live in reality. And I said numerous times on this podcast when, when the rumors were coming out saying that the Browns are going to try and improve on, on Baker Mayfield. And I, and I said, I'm like, there's only two real options out there. And it's because the, the situation in Seattle seemed to be untenable with Russell Wilson. It was Russell Wilson or it was Deshaun Watson. And some people were throwing out, throwing out the pipe dream with Aaron Rodgers because his relationship with the front office at Green Bay was not good. And I think it's still not good, but he's staying in Green Bay. That was the situation because say what you want about Baker Mayfield. He's incredibly limited physically. 
The thing with Deshaun Watson is you bring him in and you unlock literally everything that you can do on offense. And I think it's why the Browns were willing to take the risk of not only the PR uh, hit, but also the fact that they didn't know exactly how long he was going to be out because of this whole mess that he's in to upgrade from Baker Mayfield and uh, go after Deshaun Watson. They made that move, and now they're in it. But I just think, I don't know. I uh, I just think Deshaun Watson's a top-five quarterback in the league. I, to me, where we're at is you're trying to argue for Derek Carr, Baker, and Jalen Hurts to be as good or better than Watson. I'm saying that he's in the same realm as Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, but I put him ahead of those, just ahead of those guys. So I guess for me, I have I have Deshaun Watson in tier one of quarterbacks in the NFL. It seems like you have him in tier two. Yes. Okay. And well, that and that is the long and short of the difference of how we think the Browns are going to do this year. Well, I mean, because with the rest of the roster, as we said before, is set to do very well. Absolutely. Um, and again, for me, the Browns' season hinges on. Judge Sue Robinson. Here's to you, Judge Sue Robinson. And what she says. If she says, hey, Deshaun, you're out for 12 games, season's over before it starts. Yeah. If he's out for four games, I think the Browns are going to be hosting a home playoff game for the first time since 1994 with a division title. To God's ears, man. How have we gone this long without a home playoff game? 28 years. Unbelievable. That's one of the longest. That has to be like, has to be one of the longest runs in in all sports. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. So that is, uh, that's our kind of whip around the AFC North. Uh, We'll get back into it as training camp uh, goes on and we'll give our actual uh, predictions as we get closer to the season, and uh, once we do a Browns preview episode. But uh, oh, that's, okay, that's going to be fun when we do that. Yeah, because we're going to play the schedule game. We're going to do we're going to do all that fun stuff. So okay, before we, we get might, on, we might be throwing down that night. <laughs> might have to have some guests on. Maybe we'll have. Uh, oh, maybe, we gotta. Maybe we'll have the uh, the Ford boys in for uh, for that one. All right. So before we get out of here, uh, let's go on to a new segment on LOTL. And let's talk about the week that was with the Cleveland Guardians. New segment we are going to, since this is a once a week uh, podcast, uh, we're going to go back since last uh, Wednesday. We're going to start with Wednesday and go back and just kind of go over how, how the Guardians have been doing. And uh, as you guessed it, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. So. Uh, I'll just I'll just go right to the good. The Guardians actually beat the Red Sox. Hey, tonight. how about that? For the first time in what was it five tries now? They have finally a million done it. years. Uh, they beat them up eight to three in Fenway tonight. So uh, should have won last night too. I mean, can I can I just say this? In the five games previous, 
uh, for the Red Sox. Wait, what was it? The three games in Cleveland and then the one game. In no, the I'm talking about the Red Sox uh, before. Oh, we played yeah, the they were on a losing streak before yesterday. And giving up, I mean, runs after runs. I mean, they were giving up runs. It, it was incredible. It was, you know, it, it was like it was like an after a after a night uh, after a late night Taco Bell uh, run, you know, just runs after runs after runs. That's gross. But anyway, uh, and then what did we do last night? We scored one. We made up for it tonight, though. Guardians win eight to three. But uh, let's go back and are the Guardians the most inconsistent team with regards to run production? It seems like they have had so many games where they've been 10 or above, and then they've had so many games where they've had zero or one. It's, it's yeah, maddening, quite it's, frankly. It's, it's the product of having a really, really young team. I mean, you know, it's just uh, – I don't know. But uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's go. So last week was the All-Star break, so we don't have as many games to go through. But we had a coming out of the All Star break. We had a four game series in Chicago where the Guardians looked really good the first two nights. They won eight to two and seven to four uh, in Chicago. That seven to four win was game one of a doubleheader on the twenty third. They lost a tough one five to four in the second game of that doubleheader, and then they lost six to three in the series finale. So they split in Chicago. And like we said last night, they lost three to one in Boston, and tonight they won eight to three. So. They're three and three since the All Star break. Um, that's pretty much been the story of the season. It should be said that the Guardians are going through a really difficult stretch in terms of schedule right now. Oh yeah. Say what you want about the Red Sox; they're not playing very well right now, but they're they're always a team to be reckoned with. Uh, they got about the same record the Guardians do. So you got two more against them. Then you got to go to Tampa for three after that, which is a tough assignment to say the least because. I mean, I can't remember the last time we won a series against the Rays. The Rays have just pretty much owned the Guardians. When's for the a last while time now? we won a series against anybody in the AL East? Baltimore, earlier this year, maybe. I, maybe. I, think I don't they, know. I think they Toronto, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they use the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are actually playing very good baseball right now. Actually, yeah. they're they. The last time I checked, they actually moved above the Rays in the second place. But uh, yeah. Going up against the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees is always just super tough. And then as you get beyond that, you have to play the Diamondbacks, who aren't that tough. But then you got to play the Astros for four games. So by August 7th, we're kind of going to know if the wait, Guardians wait, wait. Hold are on, hold still— on. Hold on. That's a fastball. Oh. That's curveball. Oh. The Astros. Oh, okay. Stealing signs. I was wondering where you were going with that, but uh, yeah. The cheating Astros, that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Well, once the Guardians are done with them, we'll see what their record is, and that's kind of going to determine whether they're going to be still in the hunt or not. Yep. The schedule's not that difficult the rest of August and into September. Yeah. So it's just a matter of staying afloat in the next couple of weeks. Do you think the Guardians make any move of significance at the trade deadline? Honestly, no. Buying or selling. I don't think so because I don't think they know who they are. I don't think they really know if they're a buyer or a seller, quite frankly. If it, if they do anything, it would probably be to sell. I hate to say that. And I'll say this. But, if the Guardians if the Guardians get any sort of reason to, uh, to stand pat, they're going to take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are a least changed so you mean So you mean to say 
that you don't believe some of these national reports that the Guardians are in on trading for a guy that just turned down a $400 million contract. Uh, no. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about and, Juan Soto. And whoever wrote that is like... Well, so, so, the, so the thought process... The thought process is people are trying to connect dots. They're like, well, the Indians have one of the, the deepest farm systems in the in uh, Major League Baseball. Which is good. Right. And Juan Soto has, uh, even though he turned down that contract extension from the Nationals, he still has two and a half years of team control. So they're like, oh, yeah, the Indians, oh, you know what they can do is they can try and go all in for a year and a half. And then if it doesn't work, uh, you know, obviously when the Guardians don't offer him a $450 million contract, because you know that's not happening. Uh, they can end up just trading Juan, so- Juan Soto with a year left on his contract. I mean, I, I, let's, and, and just for the let's record, live in reality here. Just for the record, I don't care what player it is. I'm not giving anybody a four hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> I don't care who you play, especially not in a system where if you just spend money, well, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers are just going to spend gobs of money over you, and you'll never be able to catch them, no matter how hard you try. So I mean the no, pro- I'm not the, doing it. <laughs> the probability of Juan Soto ending up on the Yankees or the Dodgers is the antithesis of you winning the mega lottery right now. Eight hundred and thirty million dollars. <laughs> oh man. I, I so many people on social media I saw today that were that were like, Oh, going to my uh going to my uh my nearest uh Ohio lottery to buy myself a lottery ticket that I know I'm not gonna win. Like so seriously, if we not to deflect too much here, but if we won the Mega Millions, us here, would, you would you would you, we, you would not would we do me. the next episode of this show from a a swimming pool of money? Is that is that what we would do? You would never hear from me again. Oh, oh, that's too bad. Is that because somebody would just like there'd be a bury good you somewhere? There'd be what? a good chance that I would that I wouldn't set foot back in this country. To be honest with you, I'd probably be in Italy. Are you going or, to Roque Sakura or the south of France or something? I buy the biggest damn yacht France. I could find. Uh, whatever. What you, I'm saying you're is, you're gonna like I, buy the Zero with that uh, kind of money. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, anyway, AC Milan's owners don't want to spend any money. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. What what about you? If if you won the eight hundred and so million dollars, what would what would your next move be? Oh my word. Uh, geez. Realistically, because I said I said you'd never. I'd say you never hear from. Obviously, you and all of my other close friends and relatives would obviously hear from me. But I'm saying like, like this would be the last episode of this podcast. I mean, for damn so sure. So pretty much all of my family, all of my friends, all of my. Um, family over in Cameroon, the Rents family, um, all of them would be just set forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I would, you know, look at your... Oh, you mean I could get a mill? I would look at... Oh, you'd be getting quite a bit of coin there. Oh, hell yeah. You know, you since second grade. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be pretty well set. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'd be looking at various charities uh, nearest to me, uh, especially stuff having to do with autism and Asperger, because that's something I had to deal with. Um, they'd be getting some fat checks. And uh, Fat I would be probably investing a lot of it, probably in some of it in real estate. Some Bitcoin. of it in, yeah, some <laughs> of it probably would be in cryptocurrency. Stiff truthfully. would buy a Bitcoin. Yeah, I, so it would be pretty well set around. You know, there'd be some communal spending, there would be some investing, there would be some charitable uh, donation. Um, what would what would be the first thing like like for yourself that you would like like what what's the like 
what's the like like not like i'm gonna pay off my house i'm gonna like you know pay off like whatever whatever what's the first like thing that you would buy first thing that i would buy probably a house on a beach somewhere mm. yeah because frankly i love the beach yeah uh i don't know if it would where it would be necessarily but uh yeah i mean that'd probably be the first thing yeah in truth uh, one that's moving ready that we don't have to do projects on because I know because you're an 800 millionaire. Because yeah, right. Well, sorry, sorry. You probably be like like four hundred no, like four hundred forty million. No, because like you gotta have hobbies still. Like you you gotta have things oh, that, you're, yeah. that you're gonna do otherwise. You're oh my get god, I would golf every so, day. Yeah, that that house would. Uh, you know, that's actually a good thought. Like, in, but the house would have to be in between the beach and the golf course. That that would be the best. Of yeah, all like worlds. uh 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 like uh, Pebble Beach or something like that. Yeah. The only problem with that is that it's Northern California. You wouldn't be able to swim I would just, unless you're wearing a wetsuit. I would just buy Augusta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I would. I would probably. I would probably buy some like beachfront property in in Italy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Chicatera. I mean, I said beachfront, so it probably wouldn't be where my mom's from because she's from inland Italy. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, maybe up in Tuscany, Florence, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'd be going to San Siro on the PJ. I actually don't know what's cheaper, the beachfront property in Cameroon or Albania. I mean, mm. both of them are relatively undeveloped. I mean, there's one town in Albania called Duras, which is to, on the beachfront away from Tirana, which is actually quite – it's it's almost like Dubrovnik in Croatia, but on a much smaller scale. But uh, yeah. it's very underdeveloped. It's not like in Italy or uh, even Italy. Like none, none of the big cities are on the beach other than Genoa and Venice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots of beachfront property speculation if we win the Mega Million. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, anyway, we're just uh, we're just babbling on here. So, uh, yeah, Here's Guardians. Somebody in the land wins the Mega Millions. Oh, it'd be awesome. We'd have to get them on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> somehow I don't think they want to put their name out there. But like also, that. oh yeah, that too. But like I, like I said, if I won the Mega Millions, you wouldn't hear from me again. <laughs> Nobody wouldn't hear from me again. Be out. But uh it would be just me talking to you every week. <laughs> Twitterless Steve. Yeah, hey, Twitter. hey, that might be Steve. the way I get out of having to get on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, dude, you have, dude you, well, yeah. That you and that you got four hundred million dollars F Twitter. <laughs> so okay. Did I buy Twitter with that? No. Oh man. Elon Musk couldn't even buy Twitter with forty four billion. So, well, it wasn't the money why he he didn't buy Twitter. It was because uh, Twitter was being shady. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Another episode in the books, episode 221 of Living Off the Land. Uh, You can follow us on social media um, while we're still here before we win the Mega Millions at the LOTL podcast. And uh, you can follow me at Daniel J. Ford. You cannot follow Steve because he is hashtag Twitterless Steve. He does not have a Twitter account yet, but that will be soon changing. I'm wearing him down. He's going to get it. So, I mean, how else? He says it has hey, to be before Brown's opening day. How else are you going to follow Newcastle FC? Newcastle FC. Or whatever the hell. Newcastle United. Sorry. <laughs> Newcastle United. Oh, my bad. How's sorry. That, how's FC Milan? Yeah, <laughs> I, I deserve that. <laughs> I, de- <laughs> I deserve that. My bad. All right. Well, anyway, so that's been uh, episode 221 of Living Off the Land. Uh, for Steven, I'm Dan, and uh, have a great week, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. 
in episode 222. I don't know what that is, but stop it. See ya. Bye.